A little crazy, little sexy, little cool Little rough around the edges, but I keep it smooth I'm always left to center and it's right where I belong I'm the random mind and don't you hear in major songs And I like that What's up? It's your girl, That Art Nerd, hosting the show, Shaking the Table. Hey, how are you? How you doing? Come in, sit down, grab a seat, grab a seat, and let's start shaking this table, okay? All right. So last week, I'm going to just jump full-fledged into it. Last week, we started talking about how I had my experience with my undergrad doing my thesis of stereotypes of black women. I didn't even touch stereotypes of um, of black men at the time, but just looking at stereotypes of black women um, during the, 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 on the media, on the media, and just how my university was not feeling my research. Okay, okay, they just were not feeling it. Um, And I'm sure you might be wondering um, beforehand, you know, like what that looks like, you know, what was happening? What was the what what was the stereotypes? What was going on? What was that research looking like? So um again, if you didn't get to see the paintings from last week, those paintings, this is what they looked like. Um I had two pieces of um these like black women like lathered up in oil and they had TV heads. Like the bodies were beautiful, but the TV heads were like gnarly and just overly um overly dramatic and exaggerated. Um, they were caricatures of themselves. And then I had another one of a woman kind of like stuck in a TV, um, black woman stuck in a TV. Um, I had another one of a mouth that was a, a white mouth. It's very clear to say a white person's mouth. Let me be specific. And inside the mouth, you have three different black women to represent see no evil, hear no evil, and speak no evil um, because they had tape over their mouths. Um, That was to show that most of these shows that do show black women stereotypes are not created by us. They're created for us, but they're not created by us. So there's that. Um, Then you also have, what other pieces that I have? I had a piece where I ended up finding a mannequin on the side of the road, of course, I snatched it up because that's what you do. I learned it from my father. Um, I found this mannequin and I, you know, adhered it to a wooden panel. And I just, um, this one I think was, in my opinion, this was my favorite. But I adhered it to a wooden board. And on this board, I had just like this whole collage of different shows, like different um clips, picture clips of just different shows that were big at the time or even in the past, um, singers and all types of things that contribute to media. And I also overlaid it with the words. Um, I mentioned last episode that I did a survey where I surveyed people, men and women of varying ages and varying ethnicities of their opinions and their thoughts about black women. And one of the last questions I asked was to give me two words. It was like either one or two words. That's it. Um, Some people can't follow instructions, but one or two words that they felt represented black women or that came to mind when they think of black women. And some of it ranged from really, really good, 
it's really, really bad. And I took those words that people said and I overlaid it over the um, images of all these TV images. And the mannequin was on top of all of that. And I wrapped it in black chains. And it was a black mannequin, a completely black mannequin, matte black with matte black chains. And the piece was called Yours, Mine, and Our Chains. And that's to represent that it doesn't matter who you are, what you bring to the table and everything. There's that double and triple consciousness as a black woman that this is what people see us as. And this is what people think before we even get the chance to open our mouths and advocate for ourselves. So it was really eye-opening. So please tell me why that was so radical for the university. Like, I don't know. Are we, am I going to get us like kicked away from our sponsors or something? I don't know. I don't know. I guess they wanted me to sit down and shut up, but that is not, <laughs> that is not who I am. Like, oh my gosh, I gave my teachers grief, even to the point where they're just like, oh, your thesis should be 10 pages long. And I'm like, that's not a thesis. That's a term paper. And I honestly, I did this both in undergrad and in grad school. Like I, I'm sorry. My, my professors either loved me or hated me. It is what it is, but I'm just like a 10 page, 10 pages is not a thesis. Something I spent two years working on, like, no, you're going to get this 60 something page thesis and you're going to read it and you're going to like it. And that's what I did. Like, who's going to tell me I can't? I, that's how detailed I got into this, you guys. Like, that's how thesis, um, detailed. Even for grad school, like, it only needed to be, I think, like 40 pages. Okay, take this 80 something page thesis and read it and like it. <laughs> it's funny, but it's not. But hey, you know, that's me. And that's how much of the nerd I am. So, Anyway, yeah, that's those three, ugh, goodness, I'm sorry, flashbacks. <laughs> those three stereotypes, the main ones for black women were the Mammy, the Jezebel, the Sapphire, and those are your three. And there's one that kind of fits for both male and females, but it's, it's shown on TV more in relation to a female. So I'm just going to put it in there, um, which is the tragic mulatto, which is a derogatory term if you hear it now. And mulatto is a mixed person back in Jim Crow era. Um, do not call any mixed people a mulatto, mulatto. You will get swung on. And if you don't, you probably should because it's basically like calling them a mule, a mixed breed. Um, it's not okay. So, but back then it was called the, the mulatto, the tragic mulatto. Um, if you really want to kind of get a good idea of what that looked like or what that was depicted as um, back in the day, like Jim Crow era, or honestly, 2022 was looking a lot like Jim Crow sometimes too. But um, there's a movie called Imitations of Life. Amazing movie, really good movie. Um, my mom got me watching it because at the time I was like, I'm not watching no black and white movie, but it, it really gives a good depiction of the tragic mulatto. Um, but anyway... Today, I'm going to get into the Mammy, which is probably the most well-known um, of the Black women, but also the one that was least likely to be represented in these, series, in these surveys. But we're going to hop right into this after this break, okay? We'll be right back. Hey, you guys. Welcome back. You're listening to Shaking the Table with your host, that Art Nerd, and we are talking about the stereotype of the Mammy right now. So what does the Mammy look like? So the Mammy looks like she is a character or a portrayal. She is a 
burly, burly, as in like big, voluptuous um, black woman, usually of darker skin. And she is the one who is depicted as the female version of the happy slave. Um, She was a house slave. She took care of the children. She was the one who was just like, yes, ma'am, and no, sir, and everything. She was usually very like witty, but also knew her place, Um, helped out with you know, raising the children, not her own children, obviously, but the children of, of the, of the master or of the man of the house and the woman of the house and all of that. Can you hear my, (laughs) my eyes rolls here? My eyes roll. Um, which was actually interesting because there was a reason that Mammy was portrayed in this light, you know, to be very nurturing and protective and non-sexual, super dark-skinned and things of that nature. Um, The Mammy, actually, you can see a strong symbolism of the Mammy in the book Uncle Tom's Cabin or in the movie Gone with the Wind um, with Hattie McDaniel, things like that. Um, Think about Aunt Jemima when they have, they've changed it to some type of thing. I don't know. It, t- it took them decades, but they finally took Mammy off of that um, because the Mammy was used a lot in commercial advertising. Um, you would see depictions of Mammy on a lot of different home goods, and that supposedly made it more authentic to sell to the consumers because. You know, this black woman who's always cooking, cleaning and doing stuff. It feels a lot like home. You know, that's how the Mammy was portrayed. But again, Mammy was supposed to be big and and fat and nasty and, you know, super dark skinned and kind of, you know, super nurturing and protective and just kind of gave that relief to the family she was the wise one and everything but you know she stayed in the shadows she stayed in the corners and she was considered non-sexual you'll hear me emphasize that when in actuality when we're going back to the slave times the average house slave if we can think about it think about this we think that the house slave was usually lighter skinned usually was raped by a white person, which is why they were, you know, mixed people. But, you know, lighter skin, lighter skin people belonged in the house at the time. The darker skin ones would be outside. So why is it that this big overweight, which is not common because we were not going to be fed like that, big overweight, dark skinned black woman would be in the house? Well, because if this big, overweight, dark-skinned black woman, according to the standards of Jim Crow, is in the house. She is not threatening to white women. And their men are not going to want to sleep with her. They're not going to look look at her. They're not going to want to be with her. Her only point is to be the happy slave. So that is why mammies were used for commercial advertising. Because if they showed this light-skinned, nice-looking black woman in the house, it would not be good for business and it would not be good to show that there's nothing to worry about. You have nothing to worry about, whatever. We don't want these black women out here. They only want to serve us. They only want to raise the kids. They only want to, you know, 
help out and be nurturing and you know just that that's all the mammy was meant for and mammy memorabilia skyrocketed during Jim Crow um and I guess it's to each their own because they're I've even seen black people who have like mammy cookie jars because that was a big thing back then um they have mammy cookie jars and for them it's just like oh this is nostalgia reality is it's kind of effed up and sad racism but um you know again to to each his own because maybe there's a different memory about it for for you all but it's usually if um when you see memorabilia or commercial advertising of the mammy you will see her with like this apron on and her hair wrapped up she very very rarely if ever showed her hair her hair was usually always in a scarf um the really really going for it mammies would be like black like not even brown skin but just like black with big old red lips that was how they would show those portrayals um and stereotypes back in the day and a lot of times it would be black excuse me white men dressed up in blackface that would even portray the woman but that is what mammy represented she represented wholesomeness you can trust a mammy she was happy there was no reason to revolt. They treated her well. She was she was just happy to be of service because Master was so great and Mrs. was so great. You can absolutely trust Mammy. But you can't trust Mammy no more because Mammy doesn't sell anything. And one of my favorite pieces that depicts a Mammy is by the artist Betty Sarr. And she has Mammy with a white baby in one hand and a gun and a grenade in the other hand. Because Mammy ain't going to take your stuff no more. Like I'm sick of having this docile smile on my face. You ain't no. You ain't no. Go look at the piece of artwork. <laughs> Again, it's called uh, it's called the liberation of Aunt Jemima. I want to say, or the liberation of Mammy, but I think it's the liberation of Aunt Jemima. But it's definitely by Betty Sar. Anywho, that is the stereotype of the Mammy. Again, it's not the most prevalent one that you'll see today, but it is what kind of kickstarted them all. So, into a long world of TV history, give it up for Mammy, you guys. <laughs> but we will talk about more of these stereotypes next week you are listening to shaking the table with your host that artner i will talk to you guys later bye